Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. My name is Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner, all right? And you, my friends, are now listening to Deeper in the Word, Deeper and Deeper, the show where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can better understand what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you, yes, you, my friends, can relate something that happened so long ago to what you are going through right now. And thank y'all for joining us this week. We greatly appreciate y'all. We are actually on the road today, and um, we have a very special show. And it's a special show because we have a very special guest who's doing a very special type of work. Now, everyone's familiar with the parable of the sower that Jesus told. And essentially, we're going to get into all that. But our guest today and the organization he represents are doing some excellent work that is very reminiscent of what takes place in this parable. And he's going to discuss all of that with us as well as talk about some of the amazing work that Eastern European Mission, EEM, is doing in the world right now. joined Eastern European Mission after successfully serving as a development officer with his alma mater, Harding University. He's an accomplished manager with extensive experience in business development and has also experience with revenue building, and he's done this through his position with firms like Jackson and Coker, a major firm in Dallas, Texas, and uh, consulting firms in Pennsylvania, Jersey, and New York. He holds a bachelor's degree in mathematics, an MBA, which is something that I really salute him for. Has his MBA with a focus on organizational development and ethics, and he's come to tell us about his role as vice president of Eastern European Mission and his work with fundraising and marketing for that organization. His name, Saints of God, is is Mr. Dirk Smith. Please give a warm welcome to the show, to our friend, Mr. Dirk Smith. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to be with you. It is absolutely great to have you. Uh, We were talking off uh, the uh, mic earlier about the symbiotic nature, I believe, of what EEM does and what our organization is doing and how God just sometimes brings people together because he knows that they need to talk. <laughs> there you go. And so we, yes, sir. So we appreciate you being here. Please, for our friends out there, can you just give them your um, background, your bio, your information, particularly your personal history and background? How did you come to be involved, particularly, uh, how'd you come first to be involved in ministry? Uh, that's a great question, Adrian. Uh, God would be the answer to that. But uh, how God moved in that, yeah, I was, I worked in the for-profit uh, industry in healthcare consulting for about 10 or 11 years, and then in management consulting for about seven years. And then as you read in my brief bio there, my alma mater, gave me a call and uh, said, Hey, we need help raising money. And honestly, I thought, I 
seven razor blades up my fingernails. <laughs> who, in the, who in their right mind wants to do that? And uh, so I, I, we prayed about it a lot. My wife and I did, and uh, we threw the fleece out, and they came back wet and dry, and finally God torched the altar all together. And so we made the move from from the Philadelphia area to Little Searcy, Arkansas which was a big, big move for me because I'm, I'm a city mouse, not a country mouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and uh, I did that for seven years and, and really uh, grew to love and respect the profession and just the spiritual aspect of fundraising and realizing that really there's nobody closer to the heart of God than a true giver. Somebody who gives and doesn't give to get something in return, but gives as God has called us to give. And uh, I, I had the blessing of just traveling around and making friends and seeing my friends and and realize that uh, you sit down with somebody who's a giver and there's really no profession where somebody takes their heart right out of their chest and sets it right in the middle of the table and tells you who they are. And uh, I walked away more blessed than than they were. And it was, uh, it was good. So I, I, I did that for about seven years. And then um, it really was a very much a God thing. EEM came knocking. And I thought, man, what is the downside of providing Bibles to people who are asking for them in their language who have never had one before? Um, and it really, it really captivated me because I've always been a student of the Word. And always felt like that's the book we needed to be reading. And so my focus has always been there. I've, I've always loved studying God's word. And so it was, uh, it has been a blessing. So I'm in my 11th year with, uh, EEM and, uh, this ministry has grown. We've, we've grown about, uh, 90, about 93% in our giving in my tenure. We've, um, we've grown about five, about five times in our distribution in, uh, in Europe, in the 30, 30 plus nations that we serve, and in the twenty plus languages that we that we provide uh, Bibles and Bible based materials in, so that that's kind of how I got here. And uh, I'll be honest, for the first time I, in my life, I don't have a job. It is a it is a true calling. And uh, people people ask me, you know, boy, you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy in this. You know how how and why? And my answer is, I have to. There's not an option. Uh, the biblical illiteracy that that we see in our nation and uh, the people that are begging for it, where we are blessed to serve, is uh, it's it's a gift. It's an absolute gift to be to be invited in this by God. This is God's ministry, not ours. We don't take any of the credit. It all goes to Him. Brother, isn't it an amazing feeling to be doing something? for the Lord, and it's something that you love to do, and that is what you do? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. That? Because I did. I, you know, my, in my previous career, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. and uh, But honestly, I, I felt like, man, you know, am I going to use this business acumen, you know, when I'm 80 years old or whenever God decides to call me home? I want to lay my head on my pillow and look back and say, man, I made a lot of people a lot of money because that's what I was doing. And again, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there are people who are just gifted in business. and But and just for me, I wanted to be doing something for the kingdom and use my business acumen in that way. And so it's been it's been a lot of fun. 
to uh, to be in, in the role that I am with EEM. And that is excellent. So tell us a bit, for those that may not be familiar, about EEM. Give us a bit of, uh, about its organizational history and how it came about and what it's really about, its its mission today. Yeah, it uh, started in 1961. So we've been around a long time. Started in 1961. There were mm. seven couples in their 20s, so 20-somethings, who had just graduated with their undergraduate degrees, and they decided they were going to go to Vienna and enroll in university there, that would give them the ability to get visas that would allow them to cross over into Soviet Union at the time and go behind what any younger listeners that you might have would have to look up in their history books, but what we call the Iron Curtain. Right. And, uh, and to, to go into, into, um, you know, into, into the Soviet Union and, and teach, teach people about Jesus. Now, they, they got there and got all geared up and they went behind the Iron Curtain and began this process only to quickly realize, and, and really the guy that I credit with being the entrepreneur for Jesus that really started and established EEM was a gentleman by the name of Gwen Hensley. Gwen looked at his wife, Gail, and just said, this is an impossible task. How do we teach people about Jesus when they don't have a Bible in their language? This is a must. We must provide them God's word in their heart language. So that began a printing and Bible smuggling operation. And they smuggled Bibles in. that We, we affectionately refer to these little Bibles as the Marlboro Bible because they're the exact size of a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> because the guards, the guards didn't care if you were smuggling in cigarettes, but they uh, would always ask, you have any guns or Bibles? Mm. Those were the two things they didn't want coming in. Mm. And uh, I've been told that a good a good smuggler could get about 120 of these on their body and get them across these these wow. checkpoints. So that continued until '89, of course, when the wall comes down. And I praise God for the leadership at the time. They had a lot of push to leave Eastern Europe. Hey, they've got freedom now. Why don't you go to China? Why don't you do something else? Go to Africa. And our leadership said, no, God called us here. We need to stay put. And I thank God for that because now today where they were thrilled to smuggle a hundred plus Bibles across a checkpoint, where those checkpoints once resided, we're now driving tractor truckloads. And um, we are, we put their people to work. So, one misnomer that people have is, so you have a printing operation and you have a printing press. No, we don't. We believe in creating economy. So if we're distributing in Ukraine, we're printing in Ukraine. If we're distributing in Romania, we're printing in Romania, etc. Mm. So we, we believe in putting their people to work and helping their economies grow. And and that's a, that's a real blessing as well because we make a lot of good relationships. We work with indigenous people. We don't come in there as the uh, all-wise Americans because that couldn't be further from the truth right. in our country. We're, right. we're, we're definitely not the example to look at. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, so today we, um, last year we, we distributed a little over 1.5 million books in 30-plus uh, countries and in 20-plus different languages. Now, we do not translate the Bible. 
there are lots of good translation. Well, I say there's lots in, in the U.S. language. Of course, we have over over 500 translations of, of the Bible in the English language. But in the nations that we work in, they may have one or two. But they are all translated from the original text. They're all translated from the Hebrew and the Greek. We work with Bible societies and organizations that have good, reputable translations course I, I do jokingly say to people all the time well you do know what the what the best translation of the bible is don't you and people kind of look and go no what the one they'll read yeah, absolutely so <laughs> so if they ask you know in, in russia there's a very old translation called the synodal if they want that that's what we give them or we'll provide the modern the modern russian that uh, biblica has done we have a great partnership with biblica so that's yeah that's kind of the background on us so we we publish print and distribute bibles and bible-based materials and all free of charge so i kind of jokingly say we're we're the wholesaler working with all the retailers our, our requirement is it doesn't go in a drawer and it doesn't sh- sit on a shelf it's got to um it's got to go into somebody's hands somebody is asking for this it's evangelistic in its nature so if, uh, if you're out there doing evangelistic work and you're trying to share the gospel of Jesus and you are looking for Bibles in the native language that uh, you're blessed to be working in, we're, we're more than willing to help out, provided we have, because we, honestly right now, Adrian, we have more requests than we can handle. It's, uh, really? it's just grown, grown exponentially. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Listen. <laughs> The Lord said, uh, he shall send his word out. It shall not return void. That's right. It'll accomplish that he said, yes, it'll accomplish what he set it out to do. And so. I'll put a a little plug in right here. We we have just started a podcast ourselves. And uh, it's actually called the 5511 podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I uh, I actually happened to see the first two episodes that were up there. And uh, go go ahead and give people the address and how they can listen to that podcast. Give it to them again. Yeah, it's just 5511. If they just type that in 55 colon 11, uh, they can also put in EEM, but on Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, we are we are out there on all those platforms. Would love for people to uh, to join us. They're pretty short, 20 minutes. We keep it to about 20 minutes, and we we just share story. We are interested in sharing the stories that God is sharing. I mean, they are God's stories told through very ordinary people as a reminder that we are just his tools in in his hand if we give up and let ourselves be used by him. And we have some fantastic stories to share with people. It's it's fun. Uh, we, we enjoy it and enjoy sharing. Some of these stories are, are stories that People who have known the EEM ministry for some time, like episode one, the train story, is a very well-known story within our circle, our ministry, people who have been around, but they they love hearing it. People always ask to hear it, so it's been it's been fun to have it out there for them to share with people as well. But yeah, 5511, we'd love for people to join us and give us a, give us a review and a rating, whether good or bad. You know, listen, we're not we, afraid of the truth. Listen, we encourage you out there to go listen to 5511 that you can find on all the same digital podcast platforms where you can find um, ours as well. Uh, Spotify, Google, Anchor, all those good ones. Uh, Go check them out. 
Um, but coming up, because we want to get into not just the work that Mr. Smith does individually, but also the work that he's doing with EEM, the nature of this work, and how this work denotes strong biblical connotations related to our show topic today. You guys are like, huh? What does that mean? Well, you come back for our next segment, Mr. Smith's going to help explain exactly what that means and how it relates, all of which we're going to get into after we come back from the break. Hi, I am Dr. Maria Manjapani, licensed Christian counselor, and I would like to invite you to visit my YouTube channel where I publish videos on how to use the Bible to guide us in every situation in life. You can find me in Google or the YouTube app. Type D-R-A-M-A-R-I-A-M-A-N-G-I-A-P-A-N-E. Thank you and have a blessed day. Are you looking for a different kind of podcast? Then tune in to The One Life Show with C.C. Eccles. We are a Christ-centered podcast that believes in challenging you to be the best version of you possible. Yeah, we're more than just a podcast. We are a total experience. So tune in to The One Life Podcast on your favorite platform, including Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, iHeartRadio, BMC Radio Canada, and BMC UK. You'll be so happy you did. Hey friends, Benevolent Faith Ministries is excited to have partnered with Open Doors USA to launch our Season of Prayer Campaign 2022, where we will be focusing all of our efforts on praying for persecuted Christians all around the world, including our fellow saints in our sister churches all over the globe. We originally planned to do this for a month, but the need is so great that we've decided to expand the campaign to run throughout the remainder of 2022. Open Open Doors recently released their 2022 World Watch List, which highlights the suffering of Christians in countries where persecution for your faith is still a sobering reality. One of our sister churches just so happens to be in a country that's on that list. Saints of God, it wasn't Jesus' intent for the body of Christ to be confined to just one building in one city. It's all of us, all around the world, united under one banner in Christ and praying with and for each other. Please go download the free Open Doors USA app from the Apple or Android store and pray along with us. You can download the free app by going to odusa.org backslash prayer app. That's odusa.org backslash prayer app. Listen, we're not asking you for money. We're asking you for prayer. We're asking you to care about your fellow saints around the world who share the same love for Christ as you do, but who don't share the freedoms to worship him like you do. Be a part of our year-long season of prayer campaign 
by simply downloading the app and then praying along with us each week. And for more information, go to benevolentfaithministries.org and click on the Season of Prayer menu option. God bless. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and on Amazon Music. Also, don't forget to email us, info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and your comments for the show. How are we going to know what you folks want to talk about? If you don't, email us and let us know. Contact us so we can uh, chit-chat and converse about topics of interest to you. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname, chat along with us, during the service. Finally, make sure y'all check out the television show of the Daily Gospel Network called Walking the Word with Benevolent Faith Ministries. Airs every Wednesday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Central, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time on the Daily Gospel Network, which is www.dailygospelnetwork.tv or you can catch it on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV or you can just catch it on our YouTube page. Either way, please support our ministries. We greatly appreciate you. But today, my friends, today's show is entitled The Seed Sowers. And we are discussing the excellent work of Christ that's being done by EEM, or Eastern European Missions, and our new friend of the show with special guest, Mr. Dirk Smith, who is vice president of EEM. In our last segment, uh, Mr. Smith talked about his background. He gave a history for and with DEEM. Uh, and so next, we want to delve into the actual work that's being done by this great organization because the type and tenor of this work draws to mind that famous parable that makes up our show topic today, my friends, which is the seed sower. So, Mr. Smith, you've given us some background on the type of work that EEM does. How do you feel this work correlates to this parable Jesus told about Matthew 13. Matt uh, told in Matthew 13 verses 1 to 23, essentially the parable of the sower of the seed. And really, can you give people who may not be familiar, can you give them the background of this story of the parable of the sower? Yeah, and that's interesting that you, you bring that up when people ask me, you know, tell me about EEM. Oftentimes, my response is, "We're in the parable of the sower business. Mm. We just need help buying seed." Mm. And mm. and that's it. I mean, I love this parable. You know, Jesus tells it in a very very specific way. And for those who who may not be uh, familiar with it, of course, the, the sower goes out to sow seed, and it. It lands on different soil, as Jesus tells the parable, and his disciples, even they don't understand uh, exactly, you know, what he's talking about. They ask for him to explain it, um, but, he, but he tells them, the sower goes out to sow seed. I mean, he's thrown the seed. Some falls on the path where these birds come and eat it up, and some falls on the rocky ground uh, where it didn't have much soil. 
so it sprang up real quick because it, the soil was real shallow. But then as soon as the sun comes up, man, the plants are, are just burned up. They're scorched, and uh, they wither, and they die because they don't have the deep root. And then he talks about the thorny soil. Some falls among thorns, and it, it grows up, but it's it, it chokes out the plants. The thorns just choke out the plants. And then he talks about the good soil. Some falls on the good soil, and where it produced a crop. And Jesus says, uh, it, it produced a crop that was 160 or 30 times what was sown. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the disciples are, okay, explain this to us. What, what is this? And the soil is us. The soil is all of, all of us. All the, the different hearers that are out there, there may be people that are listening to this podcast, you know, it may be people that we know maybe different countries, different nations, you know, large groups, small groups. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual heart. And as he, as he shares it, you know, that, that, um, that rocky soil, you know, that, that first, uh, that, that first gets around on the path, uh, it, it gets eaten up. It doesn't even have time. It's that, uh, it's that heart that's just so hard. It can't get penetrated. You know, it, it can't, the word doesn't get penetrated in at all. And then the, the, the rocky soil, yet it kind of gets a little germination, in, but it, it's too shallow. There's no way for it to, to grow. And then the, 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 uh, the, the seed that, that falls down uh, on, on the thorns, of course, to me, that's, that's us. The thorny soil is us. It is. It's me. It's me. Uh, because the, as he as Jesus tells them, the cares of this world just get in the way. The and thorny, they can't get loose. The they can't get loose from it. Man, the thorny soil is very self-reflective. Isn't it though? <laughs> and, Absolutely. And it comes up and it wants to grow. It really does. It has the desire to grow, but Boy, it just gets choked out because of the cares of this world. And to me, it's it's the kingdom. Which kingdom am I living in? Mm. Am I living in this kingdom, this earthly kingdom? Is this all I can see? Or when I signed up for this free gift that was given to me by Jesus, did I understand the kingdom that I would be a part of mm. and that I was welcomed into? And that it is not, as Jesus said, not of this world. And... Then, of course, the last is the good soil. And I'll be honest with you, that's the soil that we're seeing in the part of the world that we are blessed to work in. And uh, we see just great soil. Uh, yeah, I know the other soils are out there, but we just don't interact with them. Right. And not because we don't want to. It's just that the people that are asking for God's word are good soil people. Mm -hmm. They're the people whose lives have been transformed and they're producing this 60, you know, 160, 30 times what was sown uh, crop. And they're the ones that are saying, listen, you, you've provided me. I mean, Adrian, it would be like you and I getting the cure for cancer and keeping it to ourselves. Yeah. And saying, you know, I'm, I've got this thing. I'm just not going to share, any, share it with anybody. Nobody would do that. Right. I mean, we would be just yelling it from the roof. Well, folks, 
we got way beyond the cure of cancer. We've got Jesus. Yeah. The only hope. And, and in this world that we're living in right now, boy, just look around at the culture that we're, <laughs> that we're facing. And, you know, I, I, I kind of get, I kind of get a little amused at Christians who are saying, boy, this culture is just messed up. And I want to go, well, whose fault do you think that is? <laughs> exactly. Where's the culpability? I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, are, are we sowing seed, folks? Mm. What are we doing? Now you preach it, brother. Know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really aggravating. And, and everybody wants to point the finger somewhere else. Well, it's a government. You know, it's this, you know, no, it, it's, it has nothing to do with any of that. That's just the result of us. Hey, church, we're not doing our job. And we haven't been doing our job for a very, very long time. Absolutely. We have not been making disciples. Absolutely. We're not pulling people into discipleship. And if we were, we would see a different result. Jesus tells us, how do you know it's a good tree? Good fruit, folks. This isn't rocket science. Not rocket science. And that's, you so, know, that's what we really love about the work that EEM is doing as it relates to this parable, because it is the good soil. You know, we actually, because, you know, brother, on this show, we're all about the word of God and breaking down the complexities of the word of God for those who may not have grown up in the church. And so maybe they're later on in their lives coming to the maturity of who Christ is. And so we like to make it plain for them. And essentially, we see a lot of what EM is doing in this parable. When we talk about the hearing and the understanding of God's word, the seed that fell in good soil represents those who truly hear and understand. Hearing and understanding. We see EEM working with translating the word into different languages. This is part of the hearing and the understanding. So this is this organization, folks, literally living out this passage of scripture. Then they have teachings that they promote through free eBooks and other materials, which we're going to let him get into shortly. And he hinted at earlier. All this stuff is free educational material for those who believe. This is all part of the hearing and the understanding. And as a result, Look at the rest of that verse. That will result in a production, a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. And we know that when you get Bibles to people in regions who can't get them, but who are otherwise thirsting for them, you are creating a harvest that multiplies much more than, quote, as had been planted. You know, similar to how the gospel spread throughout the region as a direct result of persecution of the church with the death of Stephen. So an That's indirect right. act caused a greater good. And so we see an indirect nature of just the goodness of y'all wanting to get this information out and fulfill this scripture has led to people coming to Christ in a way in Eastern Europe that you may not ever be able to quantify. Yeah, that's the beauty of this, Adrian, is, and, and I tell people who are our ministry partners, I say, you know, the beauty of this, God's putting you right where he wants you. And that is, you give a gift that provides a Bible to somebody, and guess what? You will never know. Mm -hmm. You'll never know. Yeah. You'll never know what happens. You know, as I look at this parable, I've always been struck with 
perspective of all the characters and we go through all the detail of the soil okay and he he breaks it down you know to the to the disciples tells them what this means what each soil is about and who it is and for those that haven't read it and read this parable just read the parables yeah it's just in general they're yeah. just fantastic Definitely. jesus was the master storyteller but the one character in this parable that little is said about is the sower mm -hmm. all it says is he went out and sowed the seed that's it he didn't and, and we know way he sowed, it wasn't like we do. It wasn't, you know, taking one seed and planting it in good soil. Obviously, by the nature of this of this parable, he was broadcasting. Right. He was just throwing it. Right. Just throwing it. Right. Well, because we are such control freaks, and we love to pat ourselves on the back, Jesus tells us in a way that says, guess what, folks? It's not about you. It's not about you. You've got to go out and sow the seed. But who's going to cause the increase? Mm. I will. That's I God will bring the increase. You just trust me. Just trust me. And Adrian, that's where we see ourselves, and we're seeing the the growth. I mean, our distribution. And again, these are these are on requests. So your listeners who may not know, it's not like we're going out and knocking on doors and saying, "Hey, do you want free Bibles?" No. These are requests that are coming to us. So they're different organizations, they're different ministries, but one I'll get into here in, in a little bit, public schools. Mm. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm. But the, the distribution, our first quarter distribution this year was up 32% over first quarter of last year. And first quarter of 2021 was a record setting quarter for us. It's just crazy the number of requests that are coming in. We have the we have the nation of North Macedonia right now that we just delivered two hundred and twenty five thousand miles wow. to go to go into to their schools. Uh, these wow. Bibles, teen Bibles. Uh, the nation of Ukraine, of course, which is in the news right now, and man, it's just oh, it's heavy on my heart. Just heavy on my heart. The evil that is happening there to people that we know and love. And, and this, make sure you, you hear me. This isn't Russians bad, Ukrainians good. No, there are people in Russia, and the leadership in Russia is evil, right. straight up evil. Right. But the but the Russian people, they don't want this happening. Yeah, yeah. These are their relatives. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they exactly. These people. Exactly. Oh, and, and they're hearing the stories that are coming out, and they are just, but what can they do about it? Yeah. They can do nothing. They are they are as as you know as, as much as well. They're not they're not near the victims. The Ukrainians. What's happening in Ukraine is just horrific. But in Ukraine, about eight years ago, they came to us and said, "We need Bibles for our public schools." We thought, "What? Um, can you explain this? Give us more detail." So we went in and met with them, and it was, I mean, every denomination under the sun, which I'll be honest with you, I'm, I am, I'm a denominational agnostic. I, I don't, I think, I don't think God likes denominationalism. I can just tell you that right now. <laughs> Brother, we uh, need to have a serious sit down conversation about that because I'm with you, but that's a whole nother show for yeah, a whole nother day. <laughs> that is a whole nother show. 
But anyway, so we had all these denominations sitting there, and we said, tell us what you're wanting to do. And they said, well, we want to get our nation back to a biblical Christian worldview. And we realized that the way to do it is with our children. I thought, well, man, yeah, that's that's some good thinking. And they said, so we we all have talked. We all have different traditions, but we recognize that's just what they are. They're just traditions. And we've realized that if we're going to be successful in this, we have to set our traditions and our orthodoxy aside, and we have to just teach the Bible. Because we recognize we're Christians, but we're not the only Christians. We're just Christians. And we looked at him and we said, if that's what you want to do, we're your people. How can mm. we help? Mm. Well, that door has opened up to Adrian now at the end of last year. We had put Bibles in over three-fourths of their public schools in the entire nation. That is amazing. So when you see this war, this is a spiritual war, brother. This is not just about economics. Mm-hmm. There is evil involved because Ukraine... They don't understand this phrase, but we do. They were and are, they're, they're kind of the Bible belt of Europe. And they are the beacon of light. Everybody's been looking at them and seeing what they've been doing because what's happened is, and, and why this expanded was, they started looking at the reports in the school systems where they were putting, where they were teaching this class. It's an elective called Christian Ethics, but over 98% of the students take the class. And where they were doing that and teaching, their test scores were going up and their discipline problems were going down. <laughs> well, call me crazy, but uh, I wasn't really surprised. Yeah. And so they opened this up and said, we need to make this available across the entire nation. And they did. Well, now today, Adrian... We're putting Bibles in the public schools in Croatia. At the end of last year, we've delivered over 800,000 Bibles to the nation of Croatia. We're putting Bibles in the public schools in Hungary at their request, in Romania, in Bulgaria, and now in North Macedonia. Other people are looking at Ukraine. Now, do you think Satan, do you think the evil one is excited about that? Of course not. Man, that's... And that's why he's got to get into the mind of an evil dictator like Putin. Yeah. And we got to cause pain. But here's the beauty. These Ukrainian people, their spirit is resolute. The request for Bibles in the Ukrainian language and the Russian language, because many of them speak Russian, yeah. is at an all-time high. Because they're traveling to the borders, and of course they're coming in from Poland, Romania, you know, Hungary, Moldova, I mean, all the bordering countries where people are crossing over and escaping this war, we're getting calls from, from these nations saying, hey, we need Bibles in Ukrainian and Russian. Can you help us? And it's because either A, refugees who have been displaced have either given their Bible to someone on the long journey because they have been preaching the gospel to them, and this person has said, man, I don't have a Bible. And they say, well, here, have this one. And they're asking for a replacement. Or it's people who have left in such a rush, you know, because bombs were going off and they just had to run. And yeah. they didn't, they left their Bible behind or couldn't get it. Um, or it's people 
people that have been traveling with Christians and they're looking at them, and dare I say, Adrian, they're looking at them and saying, okay, you're going through the same hell I am, but you're handling this with a peace that's passing all of my understanding. Uh, come on now. <laughs> so tell me how you're doing that. <laughs> what and must I do? Now they're saying, I want to know Jesus. Yeah. I want that peace. Yeah. I want that hope. And it's a beautiful thing to watch God work through this awful atrocities and, and horrific just hell that these people are going through. And yet he's still um, sowing so, seeds. He's still sowing seeds throughout that. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so here we're seeing that all that soil in, in this journey, because, and again, back to my, we're only seeing the good soil because that's who we're hearing from. Now I know that I know the seed is falling on on the path. It's falling on rocky soil. It's falling it's falling amongst thorns and it's gonna crop up. But we tend to interact with really good soil and it's a lot of fun because when you find people who are all in disciples for Jesus, the creativity that they operate within to get the gospel out to people is just awe-inspiring. And you sit back and you say, we worship an amazing God who is doing more than we could ever ask or imagine. That is just incredible. That is fantastic. And what we want to do is have you get into some very specific stories related to what you've seen, the very own testimony that you have about God's uh, work in action and how it's impacted lives through the work you've done with EEM and friends. We're going to do that after we come back from the break. So y'all stick around. What's up, y'all? It's your man's Rev Rob, and I'm asking you to please go download that Benevolent Faith Ministries mobile app that is available in Apple and Android stores everywhere. Yes, you can now take us with you wherever you go. You can download it right to your phone, tablet, laptop, or other mobile device. And the app features all of our ministries. You can watch our on our Tuesday night online services there. You can watch our TV show, Walk in the Word, that airs on the Daily Gospel Network every week. You can peruse our video library and watch all of our past videos, including prior online services and Bible studies, and a lot more. You can also request prayer through the app, access our social media pages, and you can give to our giving partnerships through the app. What's best is you can also access our television channel, Benevolent Faith Television or BFTV, which is available on Apple TV, Roku TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Or you can just watch it right through the app. And you can sign up for notifications from Benevolent Faith by going to the settings tab in the app and under notifications, sliding the button to the on mode so that you can get alerts from us, which will pop up on your phone anytime we have new developments. And trust me, we will not spam your phone with notifications. Oh, I can't stand when apps do that. Listen, this is a game changer for us as we seek to truly embody what it means to be a global virtual church. And we're thrilled to be able to share this with you. Download the Benevolent Faith Ministries app today. 
What's up? This is Adrian. And this is Keita. And we're inviting you to join us every week for our marriage podcast entitled For Better or For Worse, which we like to call the show that puts the institution of marriage on front street. We bring over a decade and a half of marital experience to the table in order to provide fresh and innovative approaches to all things related to achieving true matrimonial harmony. That's right. So come laugh with us, learn with us, and most importantly, sharing our love of the Lord as we discuss all the ups and the downs of achieving true marital bliss, both for better or for worse. Hope to see you there. See you. Hey, my friends, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Please don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, you know that little search box at the top, type in Benevolent Faith Ministries, and we'll pop up and just like our page to support us. You can't miss our logo. Also, y'all please make sure y'all go download our mobile app that's available in Apple and Android stores everywhere. And you'll find all of our ministries in the app, including links to this podcast, as well as links to our online service, our Wednesday afternoon TV show, our radio shows on BMC Radio, and much more. You can request prayer, donate to our giving partnerships, and all of those good things. Download the app today. Also, y'all make sure y'all go download that EEM app. I believe that they also have a prayer guide in the form of an app. We encourage y'all to go download that as well because that is our guest today. Our friends from EM, uh, EEM, specifically Eastern European Mission, and our brother, Vice President of Eastern European Mission, Mr. Dirk Smith, he's joined us today with a show that we've called The Seed Sowers. And we've been talking about the nature of the work that EEM is doing for Christ in regions all throughout Eastern Europe and beyond, and how this work correlates to the parable of the sower as seen in Matthew 13 verses 1 to 23 because the seed, the work that EM is doing is falling on good soil and so it's producing a harvest greater than what was planted. That's what they're doing and that's what that verse talks about. So in our last segment, my friends, we wanted to shift gears here a bit in the little time we have left with Mr. Smith and Speak about the importance of Christian missionary work to every believer, why at least it should be important to every believer, because that's the core of what EM does, which is missionary work around the world. And Mr. Smith, in your experiences, I know you've uh, come across a lot of <laughs> great stories. I was told that you are the master storyteller, so storyteller, sir, uh, so um, please regale us, my friend, with experiences that you have had with EEM, which have strengthened your faith in the Lord and just amazed you at the might and power and means through which he can express himself. I'll tell you, uh, Adrian, one of the stories, and, and I share this story in our first uh, podcast, uh, the 5511 podcast, and it's a story that goes back to the original team, but it's one that just keeps getting told over and over and over again, just in different ways. 
we affectionately refer to it as the train story. And as the story goes, there was a gentleman at the time, his name was Ivan Martos, and he was a banking official in, in the Hungarian government, which meant he was a member of the Communist Party. And the original team members got to know him because every year he would make a trip from Hungary to Vienna to do some banking, and his father was a writer. And so he would collect royalties from his father's writings and would handle some of the banking, and he would, he would uh, attend some banking conferences and things like that. But they always got to interact with him, and he was a believer. And they said he was just a fantastic human being. Just always upbeat, much like you. I can tell your energy <laughs> level. You know, just a fun guy to be around and, and excited and, and always had a great story to share with him. But this one year, he shows up and he looks like he has lost his last friend or somebody in his life has died. Just a horrible, horrible countenance. So they met him and they said, Yvonne, are you okay? He said, oh, he said, I was on the trip here like I am every year. I'm leaving communist territory, about to enter the free land. And the guards come through the train one last time to check everybody's paperwork. And they come into my car and they ask for my paperwork. And there are two guards and one of them gets my paperwork. But the other one reaches down and grabs my briefcase and opens it up. And starts searching in it, and he finds my Bible. Hmm. Well, very loudly, he proclaims, Mr. Martos, you're a member of the Communist Party. Why do you have this book of lies? You should be embarrassed to have this. And it's a hot summer day. The train's going about 60 miles an hour. All the windows are down. And he said he took my Bible, and he threw it out the window. He said, he said, my Bible, it's gone. It's, it's gone. Of course, the original team, they were in the business of providing Bibles. So they said, Yvonne, we can get you another Bible. He said, I know that. But that's my Bible. Adrian, I don't know if you're like me, but I get this. He said, it's my Bible. Yeah. I, it's, got, it's got my notes over on this side. And that's I know right. exactly where this is. And I know where this is. And yeah. It's my Bible. Yeah. It's full of notes. I mean, and it's gone. It's gone. So Man. they said they tried to console him, but he, he wouldn't be consoled. Just he was, and he left. So they didn't see him for two years. But two years later, he shows back up, and he is the old Ivan Martos. He is on top of the world. And they said, Ivan, it's great to see you. He said, oh, I couldn't wait to see you. Guess what? About a week ago, I got my Bible back wow. in the mail. Wow. So my, my address was in the front cover, and... They mailed it back to me, and they sent a letter. Listen to what the letter says. <laughs> Dear Mr. Martos, some children from our village were playing by the railroad tracks and found your Bible. We, they didn't know what it was, and they brought it back to the village and shared it with some of the older women who immediately recognized it as the Book of Books. We are so sorry that we kept your Bible this very long two years. But it took us two years to make a hand copy of your Bible so that we too 
could have God's word. We hope you don't mind. We also would like to share with you that there are now 65 of us who call ourselves Christians and meet together daily. That is amazing. You know, it's and I, I, what I love about that is it shows, again, it, it personifies this global church body ideology that we're all really one, just imagine a globe with a steeple on it. We're all one church. That's it. And it, That's right. it embodies that because people in other countries have a reverence for the word that Americans have grown lackadaisical about. Uh-huh. And we have access that they would kill for. Amen. Now, that that has become, because that's it. That's the parable of the sower. Yeah. Who caused the growth? Yeah. I mean, that was the seed being literally thrown out the window. And it lands on good soil. When it lands on good soil, you cannot stop it. You can't stop it. Yeah. It's going to grow. So the challenge for us, and the question I have to ask myself is, am I good soil? So you, you asked earlier, you know, talk about mission work. And, you know, that's the misnomer. We all, well, you know, I, I, I don't speak Ukrainian. I don't speak Russian. I don't speak Romanian. I don't speak African dialects or wherever, you know, Chinese. I, you know, I can't be a missionary. Newsflash for all listeners. Unless you live a monastical existence, in other words, you're going to be a monk living all by yourself (laughs) in solitary confinement, you are a missionary. You're it. it. Jesus gave us one command. Just as he's getting ready to leave, go Go and teach, make disciples. So here's, here's the real hard question. If I claim to be a disciple of Jesus... Who am I in a discipling relationship with? And if the answer is nobody, I might need to reevaluate my discipleship to Jesus. That's right. Because he told me to go make disciples. And it's not rocket science. It's just loving people, meeting them where they are, and telling them, you've got the hope they're looking for. His name is Jesus. I don't share this a lot with, with people, but it's applicable here. My wife in in June of 2020 was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. I don't know how much longer she has. I'll be honest. We've been married for 33 years and uh, love of my life. But you know what? There are so many people who know her and she's just, she's amazing. She's been an amazing servant of God her entire life. She meets people just like that. She throws the seed out there. She loves people right where they are. And so many people have said, why her? You know, and I want to say, folks, wrong question. Why not? Why not her? Jesus tells us, in this life, you're going to have trouble. God's will for my life is to glorify him regardless of my earthly circumstances. Because when we as his disciples do that, we proclaim the true good news, and that is, this isn't home, folks. This isn't it. We've got a job to do, and we can bring people into heaven on earth I, by the way they choose to live. But you, and how? No, I'm still. I'm sorry. I I agree with you totally. We want to give people coping mechanisms because as 
important as that work is, we see how difficult it can be. It's a difficult pill to swallow to say that my loved one may have to pass on and I have to look at it a certain way other than a way that may destroy me emotionally and mentally. A lot of, that's a very difficult prospect for a lot of people. And fortunately, the word of God comforts us in that way as well. And like you're saying, the, the nature of this work, your wife is doing it herself. The nature of the work, I'm sure, helps to comfort someone who may even be experiencing this, whether it's secondary or whether it's directly. Well, look at look at what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, these people, their lives, children are being killed. Mm. I mean, it's it's horrible the stories that we're getting out of there, Adrian. Yeah. But the, the the Ukrainian Christians have hope, and they're sharing hope because the hope is, man, I'll see my wife again, and and it's going to be a blink of an eye. Yeah. And if if she, because of her faithful life, leads others to Jesus. It's a win. It's a win. Mm-hmm. So so we are all missionaries. Everybody who claims to be a disciple of Jesus, folks, that's we've got a responsibility. And we must live and recognize the power of the Spirit in us. And, and to have that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's... That's what we're tasked with doing. Bearing that and fruit, friends. That, yes, sir. When we do that, we bring heaven to earth. We live in community in a meaningful way. It's not just punching the time clock and going, oh, I did my time at church. No, no. That's that's bad language. We are the church. As you said, we are one massive church. Absolutely. His church. And so in that, in that way, when you talk about how we are all missionaries and we're always on mission every day, friends, and we are. There are conversely some misconceptions associated with that because someone would hear what you're saying now and say, if I'm a missionary on mission every day, how come I don't feel like it? Well, is it because you have a sensibility that a missionary is someone who has to go somewhere else and be on a foreign soil in order to spread the gospel when the reality is that the mission work that Mr. Smith is talking about happens directly outside your door at the local supermarket, at the gas station. And so when we talk about these misconceptions, please speak to the ideology that being on mission every day automatically discounts having to be in a certain locale to, quote, do mission work. All right, well, I'm a storyteller, so I'm going to share I'm gonna share a story. Please do, because I'm loving them. Please do. <laughs> yeah. So um, the years that uh, I was working at my alma mater, and, uh, to, of course, faith-based Christian, Christian private university, and my wife and I hosted a Bible study in our home for the 14 years that we were there. And that we lived in that town. Mm-hmm. And we had, and these are good Christian kids, college students. And I mean, at one point we had, we had like 120 kids coming to our house. 
um, on on a on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never forget one evening one of them said, and I can't even remember what book of the Bible we were studying at the time, but he said, you know, I can't wait till I graduate and get away from this bubble, as he called it, get away from this bubble, so that I can actually go out and make a difference, and there will be people who I can reach, and I can serve, and I can help share the gospel of Jesus with that that are in need. And I said, wait a second. Let me make sure I understand what you're saying. So you want me to believe that there is nobody on this Christian campus, 5,000 students on this Christian campus. You don't believe there's anybody out there who needs to know Jesus, who you can be a missionary to here. He said, no. I said, okay. I need everybody. I said, does anybody else agree with it? And there were nods. Mm-hmm. Like lots of heads nodding. Like, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. okay. I need you guys to promise me. I need you to do something. Every day this next week. But don't just give me lip service. you got to do this. You wake up and before your feet hit the floor, you pray. God, open my eyes. Help me to see someone who I can bless and who will bless me so that I can be your hands and feet to that person. Mm. Please open my eyes and help me see them. And I said, the next week, let's share. So one week goes by, they all come back, and I mean, Adrian, the stories were phenomenal. Dirk, you wouldn't believe. It was incredible. I sat down in the cafeteria, and this person just started telling me about the hurt going on in their family and their loneliness, and I mean story after story after story after story. And I said, time out. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Because they said, it was amazing. God answered my prayer and put these people in my path. And I said, "Let let me ask you a question. Do you think these people weren't in your path before, and God just all of a sudden put them in your path? Or do you think he opened your eyes? to Mm -hmm. see the people who have been there Mm -hmm. all along. Mm -hmm. And they all went, oh, wow. Dude, blow my mind. Yeah, like, man, you got to be kidding me, really? That's like like mystical. I'm like, welcome to the walk with Jesus, folks, and the spirit moving. But you've got to ask. That's why he says, ask and it'll be... Open our eyes. Yes, sir. Jesus, open my eyes. Yes, sir. Help me to see. Because that's it. Adrian, it's the supermarket. You know, we encounter hurting people all around us. They're everywhere. Especially now. Especially now. It's it's just, it's it's what this life is about. And, And the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus is just endless yeah it's endless yeah it really is so that being said how can someone listening right now who may be excited because i'm getting excited about the work you guys are doing how can they get involved with eem what can they do on a personal level to get more involved um not just with eem but with missionary work in general and what how can they contribute towards what's already going on, any efforts that are already underway. 
how do they volunteer, how do they donate, how can they be a part of what God clearly wants to do in this movement? Well, with us, with EEM, our big need, as, as I've said at the front end, I mean, we're in the parable of the sower business. We just need help buying seed. We've got more requests than we can fulfill. And people can go out and they can see, you know, we, we run a very lean organization. Our, our Bible's all in. This is everything. This is distribution. This is warehousing. This is print. This is, you know, the whole bit. $5. $5 provides a Bible. Mm. Uh, children's Bible is $2.50. But we average them out. We have a large print Bible that's more expensive. But overall, if we take all the Bibles that we distribute, on average, $5 provides one Bible. Um, so that's our need, is we are about to kick off on September 1st. We'll kick off. We just finished a, a campaign uh, that we call Bibles for Kids, and it was a campaign from March through the end of June for the purpose of providing 800,000 children's Bibles to children in 19 different languages. Many of those, Many of those were uh, the Ukrainian refugee children. September 1st, we'll kick off our annual fundraising campaign that we call Million Dollar Sunday. And it is for the purpose of supplying a little over 700,000 Bibles that are being requested. And again, $5 provides provides one Bible. So they can go out to our website, EEM.org, and look at Donate. And if you want to see where the money's going, go to EEM.org and, and look at Impact. Just do forward slash Impact. You can download our Impact Report, and you can see... Uh, where the funds are going, how what our distribution was. I mean, last year, one million five hundred twenty-nine thousand six hundred sixty-eight uh, books were distributed. Uh, you can see that you give us a dollar eighty-seven cents is going out the door, and uh, we we run a very very lean operation. I mean, I I'm calling in from our Nashville office, which is my upstairs office of my house. And we all office out of our houses, so we've uh, we've been virtual before virtual was cool. Um, so it's, <laughs> Amen. it's, uh, it's a, a very lean operation, but as far as volunteering, unfortunately ours is, it's just complex, you know, unless somebody has extensive international experience with publishing, printing and distribution, we, we can't really use, uh, volunteers that doesn't, that doesn't take them out of the opportunity. And now, as you've said, you go to your church, go anywhere. I mean, there, there are so many opportunities to be involved. And um, not only that, excuse me, not only that, my friends, when you go to eem.org, when you download that impact report, and thank you, uh, thank you, Dirk, for bringing that up. I appreciate that. You, I wanted to put that plug in for you guys. It, that impact report gives you all the information about what EEM is doing. And not only that, you can be impactful by downloading their prayer guide um go to their website em.org backslash prayer guide and you can download the prayer guide that they have on their app and pray along with them for the work that they're doing listen sometimes if you can't give financially giving your prayer fervent prayer consistent prayer toward the work that these folks are doing can be just as impactful so we do encourage you Download the impact report so you can see for yourself the work that EM is doing and download the prayer guide so you can pray along with them as they do this work. Brother, we could talk to you for the rest of this day and would certainly 
love to hear all of your stories. So we're going to have to invite you to come back um, to the show anytime you want to talk about any of the work that you guys are doing, that you're doing individually. Come back and talk about your podcast. And again, one more time, please give the folks the information for how they can get involved with EEM. Yeah, just go to eem.org and uh, top of the page, you can get everything. Look at look at Impact. You can get our podcast there. You can get everything. So just go to eem.org and uh, just have fun going around the website. And you'll, you'll find a lot of good stories and a lot of good information. Yes, you will, my friends. And we encourage you truly to support EEM in all that they do because ultimately we all need to recommit ourselves to being seed sowers in this time and climate. Amen? Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and yes, on Amazon Music. Also, you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time for our online church services. Go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and join us there. And we'll catch y'all next time here. Holla back.